Amen. I hope you come to worship the Lord this morning. Amen. To be in his presence. Amen. It's such a wonderful privilege to gather in his name. Certainly glad to see a big crowd out. And I hope you come to worship God. Amen. To be in the present. That's our desire. Amen. Let's sing I'm a new creation. Hallelujah. He redeemed me. Hallelujah. He
you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We've been born again to what? To win. Thank you, Lord Jesus, to win in all areas of our life. That's the goal. That's the desire. We've been born again to win more than conquerors by the grace of the Lord. Amen. We had a wonderful time last night. You know, we've been born again to win in our marriages, in our marriages, and our money, in every area of our life to win more than conquerors. Amen. It was such a wonderful time last night. We had couples from three months to 61 years. Amen. So that's a long time. Amen. Some just getting started, some in the middle. Amen. But it's a journey. Amen. Praise the Lord. We got a big crowd. So, Brother Wade said, everybody, closing in. Make sure you get close. Feel the love. Amen. So make some space. We got a, we got a big crowd. Amen. Praise the Lord. So hopefully you feel comfortable. We had to, some tight rooms. Some of the brothers had to be in. We won't say everything that went on in those rooms, but we thank the Lord. What, what happened there, Brother Wade always says, stays there. So, <laughs> amen. Turn around and greet each other. Say, God bless you as you squeeze in and get comfortable. Amen. We're going to have a good service this morning by the grace of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Greet each other in Christian love. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God I'm free. Let's start with Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been born again.
Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Offering. Amen. Thank the Lord Jesus. Well, we got a good number of specials this morning, so we're going to get started. We're going to have our sister Pam come up, amen, and sing for the glory of the Lord, and then right after that, we'll have um, Esther Black in the group, so you all can kind of get yourselves yourselves ready. Praise the Lord. Amen. You come expecting this morning? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So right after this, we'll have Sister Nikki. So if you can get ready, Sister, we'll get right after our, our Sister Pam. Satan say God has not heard why he's not answered I cannot say but all I know is serving God always pays no matter what you're going through God heard you 
of Satan They say God has not heard Why he's not answered I cannot say But all I know Is serving God Always pays No matter what You're going through God heard you Word cannot lie though all circumstances say he's too late. He heard you, so don't despair. He heard you, and your father cares. Your answers coming soon. He assurance he hears our prayers Amen. praise God Amen try to help me and sister Trudy I love you I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what? 
Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll go ahead and stand. And Brother Collie, we're going to go and let you come on up, brother, and um, read this morning. Amen. Brother Wade said we got one service, so we're going to take our time this morning and just enjoy ourselves in the word of God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise him. Good morning. God bless all together. You know, I, I was thinking that we always complain about what's bad happening to us. But I think we need to forget about the bad things. Just think what God has done for us and where he brought us from, where he's carrying us through. His blessings is forever. He promised to never leave us, not forsake us. And so that way, just hold to him and ask for his blessing and his praise and his thanksgiving. He'll never be with us. Amen. We're going to read this morning from Psalm 35, verses 1 through 14. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are ever grateful, Lord, and thankful for the many blessings, Lord, you have given unto us. Father, you brought us from deep, dark places, Lord, that seemed no way out, but your love and your word, your spirit coming brought us through. Lord, we ask you this day, as we walk, let us walk always in your light. Let us hold fast to that which you have promised, God, that you will carry us through. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Let us always love one another and pray, God, for your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 35, 1 through 14. Plead my course, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chef before the wind and let the angel of the Lord sees them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. For without cause have they hid from their net in the pit, which without cause they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him and unawares, and let his net that he And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like 
false witnesses did arise, they lay of my charge things that I knew not. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing were slack clothes. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned unto mine own bosom. I have with myself through I bow down heavily as that one mourned for his mother. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Where could I go? We're going to sing 170. My sister Esther and her group get ready after this. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Where could I go living below in this Oh, sinful place. Living below in this old sinful world. Hardly a convert can afford. Striving alone to face temptation so singing, where could I go but to the Lord? Singing, where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend Singing, where could I go but to the Lord? Neighbors are kind, oh, I love them, everyone. We get along in sweet accord. My blood when my soul is manna from above. Seeking a refuge for my soul and need 
that's the only hiding place that we have is in him. out of my grave clothes and I came out in a new robe. I was buried there for too long. Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all. Walked out of my grave clothes and I came out in a new robe. I was buried there for too long. Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all. Dry bones come alive. He conquered death. Oh, and he breathed in me. Made these dry bones come alive. And he conquered death. And because he did it, I can do it too. Walked out of my grave clothes and I came out in a new robe. I was buried there for too long. Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all. Walked out of my grave clothes and I came out in a new robe. I was buried there for too long. Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all. grave clothes and I came out in a new robe. I was buried there for too long. Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all. Out of my grave clothes and I came out in a new robe. I was buried there for too long. Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all. Jesus, my Savior, 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 Jesus, my Savior, 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 you saved us. Because he did it, I can do it too. Because he did it, I can do it too. Because he did it, I can do it too. Because he did it, I can do it too. 
Walked out of my grave clothes Came out in a new world I was buried there for too long Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all Walked out of my grave clothes Came out in a new world I was buried there for too long Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all Walked out of my grave clothes And I came out in a new world I was buried there for too long Now I come alive in the one who has conquered it all Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's like a fighting song right there. My goodness. Amen. You should be pumped up, ready to fight. Fight this battle after that song. Brother Perry. Praise the Lord. Y'all having a good time in the Lord? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We'll get all three of them to come up. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Uh, Since we've been back, you know, of course, we had some good news. But, uh, you know, it wasn't wasn't always good news. Uh, Before we sing the song, I'm going to say this really quick. Try not to get emotional and cry. So y'all forgive me if I do cry. I'm a crybaby. But um, when we first came here to preach... um, uh, I didn't know that a few months later that the doctor would tell me that <clears throat> uh, before we moved before we moved to North Carolina, um, the doctor diagnosed me with a condition um, that he said I would have with I would have for the rest of my life, and um, I got discouraged and I began to accept what the doctor said. You know, even though the word says that God has the final say so. And uh, I got, I was defeated within myself. Um, But when God wants to do something in your life, he's going to send you some encouragement. And and that night I I went to work and um, it was a clip of brother, uh, of a pastor preaching. And he said, uh, sometimes God allows conditions to come in your life just to see if you'd be crazy enough to believe that he'll heal you from it. And of course, y'all know me. I'm, I'm, I, I love saying that God is going to do something supernatural, but not believing it at that time. And so, from that point on, I took it and I ran with it, and uh, moved up to North Carolina. And one of the conditions was it was a possibility I couldn't have children anymore. And um, so, we were praying for a daughter, and it just wasn't working out. wasn't working out, and we got so low to the point. To where we both got depressed and broke down. And um, one day that one day it got really, really bad. And the inspiration of the Lord came at the right time. And something came over me. And I went to my wife and I said, you tell me what you want. And she said, I want my babies. And I said, God said, you'll have them. And lo and behold, we have a little girl on the way. She'll be here May 19th. Amen. Um, 
We're going to try this little song. If you know it, sing it with us. You are here And you said you'd never leave We need you, Lord We need you, Lord You are here And you said you'd never leave We need you, Lord We need you, Lord. 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 You are here, and you said you never leave. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. You are here, and you said you never leave. We need you, We need you, Lord. Oh, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Oh, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. You are truth, and your promises remain. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. You are truth, and your promises remain. We trust you, Lord. 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 You are king and you reign forevermore. Reign in my life. Yes. Reign in my life. You are king and you reign forevermore. Reign in my life. Rain in my life. Rain in me. Rain in my life. Rain in my life. Rain in my life. Rain in my life. 
deep the Father's love for us. How vast is beyond all measure that He can give His in his name. Hey Amen. Let's stand. We'll sing a couple songs. Get our hearts just turned towards the Lord and get ready for that word. I will praise the Lord. Hey Amen. No matter what the future holds, we know he holds the future. Hey Amen. So let's hold on and be in the presence with our Lord and 
Let's get our hearts and minds turned toward the word of God this morning. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings, what it has. Lift your voice. Praise the Lord, only the brothers. Glory. 
He give you a good wife or a good husband. He give you a good job. He give you a good church to go to. He give you a body change, Sister Frieda says. That's right. Amen. And he give us a prophet. Amen. That he could speak through to talk to me and you. This world thinks we're crazy. So be it. So be it. Paul said in a way called heresy. Do I worship? They thought Paul was an idiot. He was so crazy. Oh no. He was just worshiping the God he knew. Today we're going to worship the God that we know of. We had a prophet to bring us what? He brought us an illumination of the Word of God. More than any time since the Lord Jesus was on the face of the earth. Lord, mercy, how in the world can we just do away with that? No, we need to be more, more, more in love with God. More and more in love with the message of the hour. Not one man. It's a many-membered body now. It's a family. We just had a big family reunion last night. And I hope you all had a good time. And um, thank you for coming. Thank you for all the workers that were there and doing all the the work. We had um, opened it up this year for for people to come in from outside and and we could all it could be a ministry that we could share with each and every one of you and we sure appreciate you coming we appreciate brother duck scott and his wife and sister april coming to be with us and speaking last night and uh, brother joe and sister rachel we want to thank them for getting the pictures done and they can only work with what was the subject but you know so. i told brother joe no photoshopping don't do it, just be real but it was good to it was good to have. Oh yeah, Frida said you'd like to Photoshop her hair back. God's gonna give you your hair back, amen. amen. Well, don't worry about that. God's gonna give you your hair back, amen. Let me make a few announcements before we get started and get Brother Dutch out here. We we only have one service today, so we're not rushed for time. Uh, afterwards, um, we want to. If you brought some food, that's fine. We've got food for. For me, June brought some food extra, so please don't go home. Don't go home hungry. Uh, please stay in fellowship. I know one thing's for sure. If it's crowded up here, it's going to be real crowded downstairs. So you're going to have to just spread out a little bit, and we may have to eat in shifts. <laughs> but, it, yeah, we're here to worship the Lord. I told him this morning, I said, look, if we get as much spiritual revelation as we today as we got natural revelation last night. Come on, brother. Brother Eduardo was laughing. He said, yeah, I don't know. It's a look you never get when one answers one question one way and one is so sure that they got it right and the other one goes, nope. <laughs> it's that look. I'm glad to see you do have your spouse back with you tonight, today, and uh, no bumps or bruises where you can see them. We appreciate all of you coming. We had a good time last night. We thank you so much for coming. Uh, by way of announcement for our little church, Brother Aaron will be speaking for us this Wednesday night. Um, Brother Tim Cross will be here on the 26th. Um, I've got some kind of silly thing to do in Ohio. Christian, don't be wiping your eyes, man. I'm marrying her da- his daughter off in a couple of weeks, so we'll be there, and Brother Tim Cross will be here speaking for us. And Thank you, visitors, for coming. You, you're, some of you have never been here before, and we appreciate you coming. As Brother Dale always says, 
you're not a visitor anymore. You're just a part. We don't have anything to join. We don't have a visitor's tag to put on your put on your chest. No, you're just a part of the bride of Jesus Christ, and we appreciate all of you that come to be with us and to worship with us. And we also wish all of you a happy Valentine's Day. Amen. And let us all fall in love with the Lord first. Fall in love with the Lord first and in all things. What did he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and then all things. In other words, we'll work out. All right. So let's have Brother Dutch Scott from Plainville, uh, Scottsville, Calhoun, wherever they're from. Plainville mainly. Have him come speak for us. Brother Dutch is a good friend of mine, and uh, we love him with the love of the Lord. We appreciate him. We appreciate his ministry. We appreciate his wisdom, and we appreciate him coming and being with us today and some of his congregation. Let's sing. Open the eyes of my heart as our brother. Pull on the gift. We've got time today. We don't have to look at the clock. we got time today, so let's eat some spiritual food first and get full in our soul, and then we'll be able to fellowship and eat downstairs. But again, thank you. Thank you for all the things that you've done this weekend, all the sisters and brothers. We sure appreciate it. we got a big crowd today, so um, we got chairs. And if you need something, just let one of the deacons know in the back if you need anything special. So let's sing Open the Eyes of My Heart as our brother comes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. while we're here this morning. Amen. Amen. We come to see the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I think I got that on. Amen. We'll see anyways. I'm reminded of something I believe it was Dwight Moody, if I'm not mistaken, said. A reporter or somebody came out to see him when he was speaking and, uh, and went back and wrote his article and told him, he said, I don't know why anybody would want to go see that Dwight Moody. He said, he's un- I forget all the terms, pretty much he was country, you couldn't understand him, he was uncouth and this and that, he wasn't educated and yeah. all these things, and they brought the paper in and showed, showed Dwight, and they, they said, you know, what do you think about that? And he just laughed, he said, well, of course not, they didn't come to see me, they came to see Jesus, right? Yeah, right. Amen. 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 We want to see him. Amen. 
That's what it's all about. Amen. Amen. It's just to see the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the, the, there's, there's a greater need for Jesus Christ right now than there has ever been in the world before. This world is in a sorrier. Come up a little bit. This world is in a sorrier state than it has ever been. That's good. I got the thumbs up back there. I think we're all right. Amen. But we got Jesus. So. Praise the Lord. We got Jesus. Do you love him this morning? Amen. Amen. I'm going to say morning while I can still say this morning. Amen. And uh, Brother brother Wade was so gracious to, to remind me of something that Brother Dan Daisley said. He said, if you sing for an hour and a half, I'm going to preach for an hour and a half. Amen. You didn't quite make an hour and a half, so we'll just go with that anyways. But uh, anyways, it is good to be in church this morning. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I really had a good time last night. I really did. It was a, a, full, a full and a fun evening for sure, amen, and uh, we, we made it back to the room with no problems last night, even in that cold rain, and it's got colder as the day went on. Got a little rest. I feel bad for the, for the ministers here, though. I, I just can imagine that, that after that last game, you probably had to stick around to pass midnight in the counseling sessions and everything else. <laughs> There's just nothing like seeing a man when they say, you know, who, who does your wife say you are, Prince Charming? Goofy, sleepy, and dopey. And the men are all like Prince Charming. Goofy. Goofy. Dopey. Sleepy. Anything but Prince Charming. The man, the look that comes over those faces at that time. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's priceless, you know, really. You know, but I told April when all this was going on, Brother Wade, I said, you know, I said, I'm reminded of what Jesus said. He said, when you go to the feast... Don't begin to take the seat that's the highest, lest they come and put you down low, right? So you want to put yourself low and let them bring you back up high. Amen. So I chose Goofy. But I was wrong. She said Sleepy. Amen. I still wasn't, I still wasn't the, the Prince Charming by no means. But Sleepy's a little bit better than Goofy. I'll take that. Amen. Anyways, it was, it, we really had a good time. Really, really had a good time. Amen. And um, also I want to tell you that, you know, i got to be honest and tell you that Brother Wade told me to take as long as I like, right? As long as I like this morning. And uh, that, that usually goes to mean, means long. You know, that translates to long with me. But I'm going to try my best not to, amen. And uh, maybe I should just cut it short and let's just have prayer meeting this morning. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, or something like that. But anyways. Seriously, we did have a good time. Amen. And uh, again, I just want to thank Brother West. Uh, Brother West. Almost said Brother West. Brother Wade. I got the W right anyways. I want to thank you, Brother Wade, for the, for the invite again. Amen. It has been a wonderful weekend. Looking forward to this morning here. And um, thank you guys for, for everything. Brother Bob, I really enjoyed the, that, that, that this morning. I got in kind of late, so forgive me for that. But that's the truth. We've got to go beyond this old noggin here. We gotta we gotta go to where we can get a hold of a true revelation, right? Amen. A substance revelation this morning, and the, and the truth—that's what sets us free. And uh, I say that because I also want to thank you guys for for praying for us with the the many needs that we send out via the text and the email. Um, I know several of you guys get those, and um, we're all a part of the family of God. You know. I think the old saying is, "The family that prays together stays together," right? Hey Amen. We got eternity together. Amen. So praise the Lord. Amen. And I believe that God is really, He's answered so many of your prayers. He's answered so many of your prayers. And uh, I just want to say I'm thankful and grateful for that. 
I really am. God is a good God. He's a faithful God, right? He's a faithful God. He's a good God. Amen. And I'd just like to this morning also ask prayer for a sister there at our church again. She's been on that list for so long, Sister Christina Doss. And uh, she's halfway through her 10 radiation treatments for the cancer that she's fighting. And uh, I think the doctors have already looked and said, you know, we're, we're going to have to do something else. We have to do something more. And uh, she's trying to stick around long enough for her daughter's graduation and uh, all these things. God is able. And I know that some of you guys are fighting that same devil, you know. I just want to tell that devil right to his ugly face. And it's an ugly face. You're a loser, devil. He lost that battle 2,000 years ago. Can you just imagine what it must have been when those cruel, cruel Roman whips were lashing across his back? Brother Branham said there were pieces of glass and metal and everything else embedded in the tips of those whips. And with every every lash, it would, it would grab hold of a piece of flesh and just yank a chunk of that flesh out. The scripture says that my bones, they stare out at me. Right? And with every lash that he was taking at that time, he was taking it for you and me. Amen. I can just imagine that when you one of them would fall across his back, he would say, Sister Frida, that one's for you, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. The other one would fly across his back and a piece would come off and he'd say, Sister Christina, that one was for you. It's for all of us. By his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. But I just want to say, like Brother Jewel, and Brother, I want you to be able to make sure you greet him for me. I just want to say, like Brother Brother Jewel says, they're boo devil back, and we ain't full of the wowsy wowsy woos, and we ain't defeated, and we are not the overcome. We are the overcomers, right? And I just want to put that devil on that notice this, this morning, just to say that. Amen. You are a loser, and God's already won. And God's already won. Amen. So praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. You just keep on standing. You just keep on fighting this good fight of faith. Amen. God has already won this battle. This battle. Amen. So praise the Lord. I don't want to keep you standing too long here. Of course, I've done did it, but let's let's go ahead and take up our swords this morning. I'm going to turn back to the book of Genesis. We're going to go back to the book of Genesis. And for those of you who were not at last night's couple's banquet there, I say back because I read from Genesis last night too. Um this is just such an awesome portion of Scripture, really, here. And uh, God puts everything in its proper order, right? If you want to know what the proper order for God for God is, go back to Genesis and look at it. He shows you exactly what it is. He puts everything in its proper order there. Mercy me, ain't that what this world needs today? <laughs> you know, it needs to be, it needs some order to things. We, we need order to things here. You know, we've, we've sang this song for years, I believe it's what, this world is falling apart. You can tell I'm not a singer. I'm so glad I got Jesus down in my heart. Is that right? 
And that's the truth. This world is falling apart. But you know what? We can look around now today more than ever. You know, it, and before I used to love to sing that song. I can sing it better when I'm in my truck by myself. And, and you know, I used to love to sing that song. And we'd, we'd go through those things. You'd think, man, it is. Everything's falling apart. But you know, the day that we're in right now, we look at these things and we think, man, it's shot. You know, I mean, it's not just it is falling apart. It has fallen apart, right? We look around now, no matter where you look at, you know, no matter what you turn your eyes upon, it has already fallen apart. The politics are gone. The education system's gone. The medical system is gone. The supply chains are broken, right? The minds of the people are broken. The spirits of the people are broken. That's even worse. It takes a 399,000. No, $399,500 missile flying out of a $216 million jet to bust a balloon. I mean, come on, you know. They, they, they need to go see the McCulloughs down in, down, in, down in Macon. We'd go down to their birthday parties and they'd let balloons loose and we'd all be sitting there going, boom, 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 and blowing those balloons out, you know, with whatever you had. They've shot more balloons down than I guess the government's ever done, you know. It was kind of exciting to watch it kind of go across the country, though. It was almost the most fun I've had since the O.J. Simpson chase, you know. Some of you are too old, too young to get that. Some of us are too old to remember it. Good grief. Amen. That's the state of things anyways. I think we can stand a good old dose of uh, God-ordained order in these, this time right now. Amen. So, anyways, Genesis chapter 2. Don't worry, I'm not going to try to put everything back in order here this morning. That would really take a long time here. Amen. But, um, hey, just be sure, though, that the answer is to put it all back in order in those, those, those good old books you're holding in your hands right there, right? It's in those Bibles. Amen. But I just thought, again, since this weekend, you know, I'm not going to try to do it all at one time, but I, I just thought since this weekend is... Uh, you know, it was the couple's banquet, and Tuesday is the holiday, this, this honoring some naked baby with wings, doing flybys and shooting arrows, you know, and everything. Maybe I'd just take a thought this morning from Genesis where God put everything in place for the man and the woman, you know, the man and the woman here, the man and his wife, and the woman and her husband. And, and don't worry, Brother Wade, I'm not going to blow it up so bad that you've got to put everything back together, I pray. Amen. If I do, then I will never be back. But I don't want to make Brother Wade mad because he's got to come back and preach for us again. Yeah, I know, I know. So I'm going to title this as it's already been up there for a while. They twain shall be one. Before we read our scripture, let's bow our heads right quick. Heavenly Father, dear God, we love you this morning. We love you with everything that we have in our hearts. Our hearts are full this morning, dear God, when we think of the goodness and the grace and the faithfulness, Lord. We think of the promises that you've given us, Lord. The prayers that have been answered, dear Lord Jesus. And most of all, dear God, we think of the faith and the stand of the people here. They couldn't do that if it were not for the Holy Ghost. So, Lord, we just pray this morning that you would just that you would come amongst us, Lord. You're already here, Lord. But I pray that you would just, just move amongst us in such a way, dear God, to, to, to speak to our hearts, to encourage us and help us, Lord, to, to do whatever needs to be done, to do the greater works, dear God, that you promised that you would do, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We pray that you take these words that I have, Lord. Open them to our hearts, Lord. Take the thoughts that are upon my heart, Lord Jesus, dear God, and just deliver it in whichever way would seem pleasing to you. Let you speak, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. And the Lord, ca- the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took... 
and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Now here we see the great physician perform the world's first operation, right? The first surgery. Amen. So verse 22, and the rib, which the Lord God had taken from the man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated here this morning. Amen. So I want to start out just by looking at the, uh, looking at this scripture and looking at the, the woman that came out of Adam, or like I like to say sometimes, looking at the woe man that came out of Adam, right? I got in trouble for saying it that way one time years ago, but... The woe man that came out of Adam. Adam, who is the spoken word son of God, right? We know that that's true. And, and I say that he is the spoken word son of God because Adam is eternal. Right? He's eternal. Adam was the first, earth, the first earthen vessel to have been filled with eternal life. When this world was formed, he is the first vessel, flesh and blood vessel, to have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2 that the Lord God formed his body out of the dust, right? And then he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and he became a living soul, right? Adam was not even called Adam until Genesis 2 when he was formed out of the dust, which means red, ruddy, you know, that sort of thing. It was a man that was there, and that, that vessel that vessel became the, 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 the holding place, amen. It became the dwelling place for the life of God, for the breath of God. That word breath there, when you, you break it down, is a very simple word. It means to, to blow or to be blown. It's to cause to breathe out. And also to give up life. God gave up life. Listen to this now. That don't mean that he did away with his life, but he gave up life in order to be able to breathe it into the nostrils of Adam. Look at what he's done for you today. <laughs> Look at the breath that he's put in you today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? Amen. And he said he, he breathed upon them, right? Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so that's what, that's what the word there literally to breathe means. Amen. So, so you know, God breathed. He, he literally breathed into, into the nostrils, into this vessel. He, he blowed his breath into that. Don't tell me God's not real. He's got breath, right? He's got breath. He can breathe. There must be some lungs or something that can squish some breath out some way or another. There was something that was that was placed into this into this vessel that we'd call Adam here. And by the way, again, that word used for life there, he breathed the breath of life. That word for used for life there is the same word that God uses just two verses below there in verse 9. It's the very same word that he uses there when he first speaks of the tree of life. The first mention, the first idea, the first concept that humanity has of something called the, the tree of life. Amen. And he takes that same life and he breathes it 
into that spoken word, Son of God. Same life. Same life that was flowing through the tree of life. And we know who that tree of life is. Jesus Christ is that tree of life. It's Christ. It's God. And that same life that flowed through the tree of life in the garden is the same life which the Lord God breathed into Adam and then and that flesh and blood formation from the dust of the earth became a living soul. He was an eternal soul which came forth from the life source of God himself. Same life source. Who is he? He's the word. And Adam's a spoken word, son of God. And that same spoken word, son of God, or seed of God, that was spoken in Genesis 1, he placed there. God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created him in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Is that right? And in the day that God created man, in Genesis 1, in the day that God created man, he created him male and female. And they were created, as we said last night, as one unit. One unit. He was male. She was female. And they were one. And there was no such thing as a woe man at the time of Genesis 1 until she came out of Adam. And then when she came out of Adam, oh boy, we got a lot of woe. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. But hold on. Trust me here. I'm not, trust me. I'm not a card-carrying member of the He-Man Woman Haters Club. I am not. You can ask my wife. You know, when we first got married, we first got married. Oh, my. There's a lot of good stories. I think, I think she left. She has left the building. When we first got married, we, you know, Actually, let me back up. Even before we got married, we were uh, we were just dating. I think we were already we were already engaged, and uh, we were you know had our whirlwind engagement and everything else. And we were already engaged, and we we went and I went and, and visited. We were going and, and, and visiting with her sister. Her sister was married a couple years before we were, and her brother was married just like five months before we were. So we were all pretty much learning at the same time. You know, and again, it's all about this concept of unity of, of, of they twain shall be one, right? And so, so we go and and we sit down and and I, I was just raised a little Methodist boy, as I said last night. I was just raised a little Methodist boy that went to church maybe two or three times every three or four years. You know, that's that's kind of how we did. And and you know, you just you're we were just out there. And, and but but you know, there was something in my heart that God had been pulling along, right? And 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 my wife, as I said last night again, she was my end. She was the one that witnessed to me and. And gave me the opportunity to, to hear the voice of God. Amen. And I, I give her all the credit for that, like I said again last night. But, but you know, we were sitting there. Uh-oh, she come back in. I am in trouble. So, <laughs> Sister Judy said, yeah, you are. <laughs> so we're sitting there in, my, in her sister's, in my sister-in-law's house. And we're sitting there. And, 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 you know, again, this little Methodist boy that didn't know anything about anything hardly. I'd been going to church for a little while. And, 
And uh, and I said, you know, I asked Lisa. I said, well, sister Lisa, do you have do you have a coke or something I can you know I, I could drink? I'm kind of thirsty. Would you have you know something? And, and so and she said, yeah, it's in the refrigerator, and I'll get it. And I said, no, 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 I, I'll get it. You know, I'll, I'll get it myself. I, I wasn't raised to let somebody do things that way. I, I was going to go get it. Now it was her kitchen. I will say that. But but so she said, no, 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 I'll get it, I'll get it. And I said, no, no, Lisa, I'll get it. And you, you don't have to do that. You, we're, we're all just having a good time. And she looked at me, and I'll never forget it. She looked at me, and she said, Dutch, in, in, in the way that we believe, the woman waits on the man. I was like, whoa. Man, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome, right? And, and she got up, and she fixed me a Coke. And listen, I'm not even her husband, but she fixed me a Coke, and she gave me, you know, the glass of Coke, and, and we sat there, and we had a good time. It wasn't long after that, and April's been closing her eyes here, but it wasn't long after that we were married like that. I said, I'd like to have something this and the other. She said, you got two legs. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I am so much trouble. <laughs> but, you know, I learned real fast that it has to be a unity, right? It's got to be a unity. It's not one way or the other. We had to learn. You know, there's a family, we came together and we had to learn. And this was a lesson for some, maybe some of the younger ones here. I don't know. I see a lot of young faces here this morning. You know, perhaps you're thinking, you know, you're, you're, as you, you get up in teenage years and everything else, you begin to chafe at the bit, as it were. You know, I'm my own, I'm a man, right? Or, or I'm a woman and, and I can, you know, I'm grown. I'm all of 13 years old. And, <laughs> I don't know what it is, where that switch was, but I remember when my girls turned 13, the day they turned 13, somehow between the night when we went to bed, they were 12 years old, and the morning when we woke up and they were 13, somebody slipped in my house and they found a switch that I never could find, and they flipped that switch, and it was like the invasions of the body snatchers came in, and they took my 12-year-old girls and they placed something there. I don't know what it was, and man, they were grown. You're not going to tell me what to do. You know, it's lessons that you learn. Amen. But as you're young, the younger ones that are here and everything else, don't get this idea in your head that you're going to, listen, I'm going to go out, I'm going to, be, I'm going to get married, and, and, and nobody's going to tell me what to do, and, and we're, it's, everything's going to be easy, and everything's going to be wonderful, and, and you know, I'm going to get to eat all the ice cream that I want. Be careful, you'll get a figure like mine if you do that. I'm going to get to do all these things like that. But, you know, the thing of it is when we, when we got together, when we began dating and we, we, got, you know, we finally got married and everything else, we, I found that, you know, that it's one thing when you're, when you're one individual living under your parents' house and you've got, you, you, you know the rules. You might buck the rules, but you know the rules, right? You know what they are. And they're there for a reason. They are. It, there's an order to things and it has to go a certain way. Right? It has to go a certain way or there's chaos. And God is not the author of chaos. So if what you're thinking and what you're going through is bringing chaos and everything in, you need to realize, listen, this might not be from God. <laughs> God might not, might not mean for me to go out and be a full-grown man when I'm 13 years old. Right? He might not mean for me to be a full-grown woman when I'm 13 years old. But there's an order. 
There's an order that's taking place. And after we, you know, when we came up, we, one thing I found was, again, we were taking a, I was taking my life, my, my life that had been raised up under my mom and dad, and there was an order to things. And, and you know, regardless whether I enjoyed all that order or not, it was there. But then, but then, you know, then I, I come and I, again, I find the, the, the girl of my dreams and, and we get married. And, but you know what? She was raised up that, that, that in an order too. It was a different order than what my order was. And the challenge was bringing these two lives together in such a way that it could produce something godly and beautiful, right? Useful. Something that has a purpose to it. Because you see, God always has a purpose. If God's going to do something in your life, there's a purpose for it, right? If you're going, whatever it is that you're going through right now, there's a purpose for it. I know that's hard to say sometimes when we look in the pain and the hurt and the uncertainty and, and life is, you know, life is, it's not just rough. Life is terrible sometimes. It's brutal, right? It don't seem like there's an answer. It seems like it's full of chaos and pain and hurt and terror and all the different things like that. But I just want you to kind of step back and just realize that God is in control. He is in control. And there is a purpose. He's actually bringing about an order to things. Right? An order. And as Christians, we want God's order. Because we realize that God's will is best. Right? God knows best. God knows best. And when it's his time for me to get out of here, when it's his time, when he's done with me, then I'm ready for my, my purpose is over. I'm ready to go, right? I want to fulfill his purpose and I want to go home. But again, I remember going through these things and, and trying to put all these things together and, and come under, you know, try to, try to put things in, in, in order, in a seeming order that's there. It's hard to do that. You need the Lord. You need the Holy Ghost. This is hard to do that sometimes. It's really, really hard to do that sometimes. You know, I, I can imagine as I was trying, or I don't have to imagine, but I remember when we were trying to, to get things together before we were, you know, we were, we were just fixing to be engaged. We were just dating and everything else. And I remember, you know what? The order I was seeing was that I was going to marry this beautiful lady and that we were going to go off into the sunset and, and it was going to be wonderful, right? There's not going to be any, anything was going to stand in our way. Hey, the, the sky's the limit, right? Now, I was working at a plant making like $200 a week. And after we paid, you know, after I paid everything, I didn't have money for nothing. But, man, it was going to be wonderful. But there was a hurdle I had to pass. I had to get over, and that hurdle was her dad. And, and I, remember, I remember going and, and saying, you know what, I've got to ask for her hand in marriage. I was just old-fashioned enough to think that you still need to ask permission, right? So I walked up, and you know, one morning I got up. She wasn't there. I got up, and we had already discussed that. I was going to talk to her dad, and she was going to talk to her mom. Because I was more scared of her mom than I was her dad. Still am in a lot of ways. But I remember I got up early, and, you know, I worked second shift. But I got up early one morning, and I, it was a hot summer day, and, and I, I drove over to their house, and I get out. April's not even, you know, I've not even seen her yet or anything. Wouldn't see her for the rest of the day after what I was about to do. And, and I, so I go up, you know, I get out of the truck, my old truck, and I walk up there. And, and her dad, I don't know if, you know, some of you know him, some of you don't. He, he was about, he was in his early 40s, I think, at the time. And he was a man. <laughs> and I was not. He was a mechanic. 
He had these big old Popeye arms, you know, and he was muscles. He could pick up a, a 350 and walk with it. I mean, the dude was a, he was a hoss. He still is. He's in better shape now than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> my shape is round. He's still got, he's still got a trim figure. I don't know how he does it. My wife's got good genes. So I step out of the truck and the first thing he comes out of the shop and it's hot. He don't have his shirt on because he's working, you know, in the shop at home and, and there's nobody around and it's hot and he's all sweaty and those muscles are huge. And I get to look into those hands. I mean, if you ever, you know, mechanics' hands, they're not like a normal person's hands. Mechanics and, and concrete workers do not mess with those two individuals, right? I mean, they got hands that could ring the bell on the whole world at one time. I don't know what it is, but... And I walked up to him and I said, I said, well, I said, I'm, I'm here, sir. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I need to, I need to ask you something. And he just looking at me like, what is wrong with you, boy? And I said, I, 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 I want to, I want to ask for, for your, your daughter's hand in marriage. I want to marry April. And he, he just kind of stands there. And the only word that comes out of his mouth is Mercy. Looking back, I think he was praying that God would have mercy on me because he knew what he wanted to do, right? And he didn't say nothing else. He didn't say anything else. So I said, finally, I said, now that I have ruined your day, I'm going to get back in my truck and go home. That's what I said. I'm going to get back in my truck and go home. And all he said, I think it would be best. And I hightailed it back to that truck, and I'm and I'm down the road. April, it's your turn. You gotta go talk to your mama, right? But as I said last night, well, I was persistent, you know, and, and we we kept the course, and and we finally we were married, right? We were married, and I thought that was a big hurdle. It was at the time, but that was nothing to what was coming. Putting two pieces together, and we put our two little pieces together, and. Her, her brother and her sister and their, their wives and their husbands, they put their two little pieces together, and then we tried to bring this whole family. So now we had three or four families all coming together. Man, you talk about some, some hot nights on the back of the desert. You know, as Brother Branham said, Moses back there and his wife, a hot-headed wife. I'm not saying my wife is hot-headed. Don't take that wrong. That came out wrong. But just trying to put things together and make it work, it was hard to do. But I want to tell you it was worth it. Thirty-four years and three months today, right? We made it. We made it. I'm so glad that we make it. There's a lot of work that goes into these things to bring two into into one. And one relationship, one bonding, one they twain shall be one. And you put these two things together, and boy, the fun times are on, buddy. Right? Tough times, rough waters, decisions, lots of discussions. Sometimes they get, you know, the voices get up a little bit. Sometimes they come down a little bit. Sometimes this, you know, we, we get these things, and we, we put all this together, and we call it this wonderful institution of marriage, Right? And you know what? It is wonderful. It it really is. It's wonderful in the good times. 
There's nothing like it when everything's going right. But you know what? There's also definitely, definitely nothing like it when things are not going right either. Amen. And the Lord can bless that relationship. Right. 34, 34 years and three months. My goodness gracious. We used to come, we, one of the lessons we used to have, we used to come to a place and, and us, us people, us men of the, the Tatum clan would joke and we'd say, woman, get in your place. <laughs> you talk about for a smooth and righteous selling, that'll do it every time, right? And we were kidding. We really were kidding, but there's nothing like that. There's a, the, the, the alarms start going off, the blaring and everything, all hands on deck. <laughs> Iceberg directly ahead. But we survived these things. And again, then I think that the success of our marriage has to do with us both. It takes both. One, on, one cannot do it alone. And you brothers sitting here this, this morning, you need to be the husband that God meant for you to be. And I'm going to tell you a little bit here how to do that, just, just in a little bit if this is okay, but... You need to be the husband that she needs you to be. You're the one that said, I do. You did. Playtime's over. And sisters, you've got to be the wife that he needs you to be, that God meant for you to be, right? Not just that he wants you to be, because sometimes us men, we're stupid, and we don't know what's best. But, you know, God has a way. And you, as sisters, you have a wisdom about you that... Sometimes a whole lot more than the men do about what needs to be done or what needs to be said. I loved it last night. One of the questions, wait a minute, I was told that what happened there is supposed to stay there. Well, I'm going to anyways. But I loved loved it. One of the questions there was, "Who, who, who is the more decisive one? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Probably seven eighths, almost every one of them in there was saying, her, 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 her. I did too, her. You'd say, my goodness, these bossy women. No. It's God puts a God put a wisdom in you. It takes both to work together, right? And God's able to do that and do that in such a way that the marriage works. Now, I'm not telling you to be bossy women. Don't get me wrong. But, but, you know, the thing, God puts this thing together so that it works. Amen. And God, God needs you to be the wife that God meant for you to be. And sometimes it's to stand there and to make a decision and say, you know what? We need to pray more about this. Maybe we need to pray more about this. When the husband gets all excited about something, we're going to go do this and we're going to go do that. Or I want this and I want that. Maybe the wife is the one that stands up and says, whoa, whoa, right? Or it might be vice versa. It could be the other way too. And the woman, but the, 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 the point I'm trying to make is that you need to be that spouse that God meant for you to be. He gave us the order through His Word. They twain shall be one. It takes one unit to make this thing work. Because if we if we go in too many times, you know, I used to work for my parents. They had a they had a grocery store. They had a convenience store. Sorry, a convenience store with the gas pumps out front. And these were you know this was the days when there was no such thing as self-pay. I know some of you have never even lived in times when there was no self-pay. It was all... Now, I was... I I am young enough to say that the full-service gas stations were almost gone at that time. Do you know there's places in the U.S. you can go where they they have to be full-state? Yeah, they have to. It's against the law for you to pump your own gas. New Jersey, that's right. I got out of there as fast as I could. (laughs) 
But you would get, where was I going with that? Good grief. But they did. They did, Brother Wade. They owned a convenience store. And one thing I would see, preach, Brother Wade. One thing I would see is the people would come in, you know, this, and they would come in, they'd go up, and you'd have your cars come in from two different directions, and one pull up this side of the station, the gas pumps, and this, and pull up over here. And the same gas pumps, you know, you've got gas nozzles on both sides, and they'd pull up like this. And, and so, so the, the, the man would get out, and he'd get his, his, put it in the tank, and he's sitting there. Before cell phones, too, so, you know, they wasn't sitting here doing this number. Right, that's what you do now, right? Everybody gets out when they're pumping gas, they're doing this number. When they're waiting in the line, they're doing this number. They're going down the road, they're doing this number, whatever. And, but they would sit there before that. They would sit there at that tank, and he would sit there and just kind of like. And the wife, and if you didn't know him, you didn't know it was the wife. But the, the wife would be here on her car over here on this side, facing him because, you know, they're, they're like this. So she's facing him going. And it wasn't just that they were mad. It wasn't that they were mad. You can tell when they get mad. Right? You can tell when your spouse is mad. And you can tell when somebody else's spouse is mad. It's like, ooh, I know that look. Right? But they, you, you, they, there was no, it was like there was no, communi- there was not even just no communication. It's like they never, they didn't even really know, know each other. There was no relationship there. There was nothing. And they would put their gas, their, their nozzles back in the, you know, the tank when they're done. And they'd come into the store. One would walk behind the other, just like strangers. And they would come in there and they would wait in the line, just like this. He'd fiddle with something on the counter. She'd fiddle with something over there. He'd come up there. He'd break his wallet out. And he'd pay for the gas. And he'd turn around and he'd walk out, turn around and walk right past her and never even look at her. And she would come up there and she would pay for her gas like that. And she would turn around and follow him right out the door. They would get in their cars and bloop, separate ways. And I'd sit there and I'm thinking, they're married. They're married. I didn't even know there was a scripture at the time saying that they twain shall be one. I didn't know that. I had never read that at that time. But I knew something was off. Woo, wouldn't you like to be in that house tonight? No, you talk about an iceberg, right? But there was something that was missing, and I tell you what that something that was missing, and it's still missing for so many today, is that it's that ability to let go of yourself, to die to yourself and become one. And become one. It's kind of practical stuff. We're talking about Valentine's Day, right? So it's, a, it's that ability to become one. Because without it, the relationship does does not work. The secret to a good marriage is first, it takes both. And the main secret to that is that both must know their positions in the one body that is who God created us to be. The one body. He created us to be one. And I don't, I'm not just, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not taking that figuratively there. It's a matter of speech. No. He said, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. And if you think there's two of them there, just go over and read in Revelation. Revelation, where'd that come from? Genesis and Revelation. Just go over and read in Genesis chapter 2 when God created Adam, where we just read, and he created him out of the dust of the earth. There was still just one. You looked and you could only see one. But there were two in that one. Right? They were so much, there, were, there was so much of two in that one that God had to put Adam into a sleep, and sleep he did, 
and then reach into his side. I wonder how he cut him open. Hmm. Probably just just thinking the way he just spoke. God's light. Maybe he used laser surgery. I don't know. But ever how it was, he reached inside and he took a rib out of his side and he closed up the flesh thereof, right? There were so much, there was two in that one, so much so that God could literally reach inside of him and pull the woman out. That's right. It's an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing. And she became woman. She became woman, right? She became woman. They were created one. Then God separated them. But I want you to notice this before the fall now. I want you to notice something though. That, that even though with the rib being removed from his side, from that, there, there, there was a separation that took place between the male and the female there. But I want to just point out again, that separation did nothing to negate the truth that they were created one in the very beginning. They had to be one. There's a purpose for me saying this this morning. There has to be that union take place. There's got to be a oneness take place. I'm still amazed. And when I was when I first came into this message, I remember reading a, a, a sermon or having questions about the Trinity and the Godhead and all these things. I may have said this here. I say it a lot, but but I remember. You know, what, I wanted to understand what the Godhead was. I wanted to understand these things. And you know, I came from a Trinitarian background, but now here here we are in the message. And Brother Brown's talking about oneness, and everybody's talking about oneness. And I was just baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, right? And I'm, all these things come together. And I believe that. Don't get me wrong. I believe that. I believe what my pastor told me. I believe what I read in the books. I believe what the Bible said. But, you know, you're always, you always, you just, you, you won't understand, right? And then I, I, I get this, this, this sermon. I pull up a book. You know, this was before the computer days. And I pull up, a, you know, I found a book, Oneness. And I thought, yes, that's going to show me everything I need to know about that. And I open up and I start reading. And I was floored, flummoxed. Wiped, I don't know what you call it, just a shot. He was not talking about the Trinity nearly so much as he was talking about the oneness between the bride and her husband, Jesus Christ. The oneness of the Godhead, and he was taking me and he was putting me in that Godhead. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. What have I missed my whole life? Right? What have I missed? And I could look at it, I could say, this is awesome. This is wonderful stuff. Right? So, so when Adam and Eve, when they're separated at that time, remember now, before the fall, that they were still, it did nothing. That separation did nothing to negate the truth that they were created one in the beginning. That was still there. That oneness was the truth according to God's word. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this morning, I might get out there just a little bit here in a second, but I really believe that oneness still exists. And for true happiness in the, in, in, in the marriage, you must find that unity again. <laughs> You've got to come back to that Genesis 1 unity. Right? Genesis 2.24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, Have you not read... That he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, 
but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Right? I think the problem today, and we see it all over. It used to be the problem that you would see outside the message ranks. But we see it a lot in the message ranks now too. But I think the problem today that we see way too, too many times is that there are far too many marriages that have never truly be joined, been joined together. I don't care what the preacher said. I don't care how long the honeymoon was. They have never joined together. The two remain two separate individuals, right? Through the fall, that's what happened. The, they were, they, before the fall, they were, they, were, they were twain. Amen. After the fall, there came a separation. There was sin separated there. And praise the Lord. God's able to heal things. God's able to put stuff back together. God's able to fix marriages. God's able to, to blend a relationship back together. Amen. If he was not able to do that, I, I guarantee you it would be a much worse world than it is right now. Thank God for true Christians that can stand up for a word of God. Amen. But the problem is, is that people have not joined together. They've not really united. They, they've remained two individuals instead of coming together as that one that God saw and spoke them to be before the foundation of the world. And the woman has a hard time coming under the headship of the man and losing her own fleshly identity. And truly taking on his name, his identity. Now, I don't know you folks, some of you folks. And if I say something that might kind of step on your toes, I'm sorry here. But one of the things that just gripes me to no end is to see these newfangled marriages where the the woman will not take the man's name. Or it's a hyphenated name. Call me old-fashioned. I don't care. I'm old enough to not care. Right? If she's not, if she's, if she's holding on to enough identity of, from her past life, she can that, that she will not surrender her last name. Then she is not, she is not going to join. She's not going to be able to ad, adequately join. This is just practical stuff, brother Wade. I'm sorry, but it's just you, you're not going to be able to just ad, adequately. That's a tongue twister. If you've got a tongue from Plainville, adequately join together. And be the kind of husband or wife that you're supposed to be. I was told a while back, so well, you know, in some places overseas, the man takes the wife's wife's name. And it's true. And that's a Padilla ain't Christian. Right? And I don't care if they do or they don't or whatever. I don't identify with that. I identify with the Bible. I identify as a Christian. I'm a Christian. It's not even an American thing or a Western thing or this thing or that. I'm a Christian. It's a Bible thing. And the woman is supposed to yield up, surrender her identity to her husband. It's called headship. And the problem is, is that they don't, that, that, that lots will not come under that headship. Now, I'm not just talking about the women, because the problem I see too is the men will go many times and they will not yield up their identity. You say, wait a minute, I'm the man, I'm in control. Listen, he took her, took the rib out of the side, not the bone out of the foot. Right? Well, she's got to do what I say. She won't with that attitude. Or if she does, you better watch out. There's going to be something in your food. <laughs> and you've got to go to sleep sometime. Right? 
say, oh, she's so meek and timid. She would never do something like that. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Humans are ingenious things. They'll figure out a way to get you back, right? Just smile all along. Yes, my Lord. Yes, my Lord. Oh, my. It's a, it's a lack of ability to... I'll tell you what it is, it's selfishness. I mean, just be plain spoken, it's selfishness, you know? I know in 2023 that sounds like an outdated, narrow-minded, hateful position to take, but it's the truth. Times have changed, but the Word of God has not. I guess there could be many reasons. There's really there, there's a lot of reasons for this lack of unity there. You know, the fear of losing one's individual identities, as we said, I'm my own person. But what Satan hides here, and he's really good at hiding things, but what Satan hides here is the fact that neither the man nor the woman can ever truly know their God-given, their full God-given identities and freedoms. Because, man, there is nothing like the freedom that comes with having the right kind of relationship with your wife or your husband. There's nothing like the freedom that comes with that. I can go home and I can just open myself up. I can unburden myself from the day. Not that I just want to go dump on my wife at the end of the day. I don't do that. But at the same time, I'm able to talk about, open up, share my feelings, share my love, everything else. And it's just a, it's a freeing thing. If I had to carry everything by myself, I would be a miserable human being. And to be honest with you, I don't think I'm strong enough to carry it all by myself. I don't think I am. I think I'd be so overwhelmed. And listen, guys, do not take your wife for granted. God give you the best thing he could give you outside of salvation when he gave you a wife. Right? A godly wife. Don't take it for granted. Satan is so good at hiding that though and saying, well, you know, you're, you're going to, if you do that, if you, if you have that attitude or if you think about it this way, if you, you know, whatever it might be, if you go by the word of God, if you do this, you're, you're not going to even be a person anymore. robs them of that blessing of they twain shall be one. Robs them of it. I mean, he just reaches down there and snatches it right out of them. Too many times he puts a line in such a way that they can, they'll just freely give it over. Right? But God said he made you male and female. He made you one. Now, I'm talking about marriage here, obviously. I'm talking about marriage here this morning. And I know according to to Paul that marriage is not for everyone. He he did say that. He plainly said that in his opinion, it was better if you stayed as he was, right? As he was. But then he turned around and said, but not many can do that. <laughs> and it's better to marry than to burn. That's not the reason you get married. But it's better to marry than to burn. The problem, though, again, is that they never, they never truly, the problem is they never truly die to themselves and they're, they're, sexual, they're, they're, they're selfish Natures and all these things in order to advance the cause and the purpose of the family unit. The family unit must come first. There must be a true union take place for everything to work right. And again, so far here I've been just talking about marriage relationships, but it's not just the natural marriage relationship here, but this is a type of our relationship with our husband, 
with the Lord Jesus Christ, right? We are his bride. And through the marriage union of the baptism of the Holy Ghost for this day, through the bonds of holy matrimony to the Lord Jesus Christ, we have become wife. Wife. In every sense of the word. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Have your way, Lord. Right? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. I pointed out last night that word love there, that's a special word. That word there, husband, love your wives. That's not the Greek word eros, which is a lustful word. It's the low, one of the lowest form, but the lowest form of love that there can be, eros. And he did not say, husbands, filio your wives. That's to have an affection for your wives. You know, I, I kind of like her. She cooks really good. Since I've been married, i put on 80 pounds. My wife can cook. She gets it from her mama. Honey, I filio you. I love how it feels to sit up, pull up to the, to the table and be able to you know, just, just eat to you know, my heart's content. I have affection for you. You're so pretty, you know. And all that may be true. There's nothing wrong with that. that that's true. But that's not what, what God is commanding us here. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying husband loves your wife and it's the word. It's the Greek word agapo. I'm probably not putting enough all to that or all or something to that. But agapo, that's my plainable Greek. And agapo means, according to the prophet, he said, it's not filio. He said, we're talking about the love of God, right? So husbands, agapo your wives. Love her just as Christ loves his church. And I'll tell you what that love is like. That love is so great that he went to the cross and threw out his hands. Amen. And he said, nevertheless... Nevertheless, God, not my will, but thy will be done. You see, agape love, which is the identifying characteristic for the age you're living in. Remember, if you go through the statue of the seven, of the, of the, 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 the perfect man, you go there to, right up to the top, there's the capstone that comes down. And Brother Branham said it was love, right? right. Love. Yeah. There, love. Amen. There, Holy Spirit, that's the bonds of matrimony. Yeah. And the headstone comes down, and that's the identifying factor for our age. Love. Agapo love. Husbands, love your wives that way. Love your wives like God loves you. Surrender everything to her. Give your very life force to her, right? Everything you are, I go to work, I'm working for my family, right? I go to, I go to church, I'm, I'm praying for my family. I go, whatever it might be, there's something that's taking place. And oh God, I gotta, something's gotta move. And I'm praying for my family and all these things as the love of God. I'm sacrificing everything I am for that one, for that family unit. For that family unit. Love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. 
that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I love going places with my wife. She stands out. And I love it. I'm presenting her as a glorious bride, right? And I'm so thankful for the privilege to be able to do that. Don't you know that when you walk the streets, when you go to Walmart... I used to say, you know, I used to say all the time, when you go through that Walmart you know, or cashier and you and everything, they don't have those anymore. Right now, you're just in this big thing and you're having to do it all yourself. And then they got the audacity to check you out when you get, you know, to make sure you did it right when you get to the door. Listen, bub, if you're not going to pay somebody to check me out, don't look at my bags when I walk out the door. You trust me, trust me. But don't you know when you walk through Walmart or Home Goods or Target or wherever it is that you like to shop? We heard a lot of that last night. Even Amazon somehow. I ain't figured that one out. See, I'm old school still. I'm afraid if I order through Amazon, it ain't going to fit. You know? I'm not going to like it. I ordered a kit one time on Amazon. It was a Legos kit. It was a, it was a, there was a wall. You remember back in 2019 or whatever it was and the Trump's thing was build the wall? And everybody, boy, everybody, yeah, 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 you know, all this kind of stuff. And I did it as a joke with a little, a little party gift to give to, to my nephew or different ones. I thought, this is going to be such a hit. And, you know, the picture had this, this, this wall, the Lego wall, and Trump with his big hair and everything else. And I ordered that thing. And I think I paid 30, 40 bucks for that thing. And when it came in, it was in a box this big. <laughs> and I was like, I, I sent them an email. I have been gypped. <laughs> Trump is a salesman, but you guys ripped me off, you know. The blocks were like, you know, smaller than the size of my pinky nail. But don't you know that when you go to these different places, I know I get sidetracked way too easy, but when you go to these places and, and you're walking through the, you know, wherever it might be in the workplace or here or there and all these things and you're walking and people are looking at you and your, your heavenly bridegroom, your heavenly husband is looking at that and he's saying, that's my wife. That's my wife. You know? I'm, I'm, he puts you on display. He puts you on display so that he can show you off. He says, that's, that's, there's none like her. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. It's, the, it's, the, it's everything I have, have thought about. Everything I have created. Everything I have done is wrapped up in this one, this one, this, not an individual, this one unit, this one relationship, this one bride, this one wife, right? Hallelujah. Amen. That's who you are. And he looks at you and he's just so proud of that. Amen. That's right. Sometimes he sends you to the doctor's office to put his union, his oneness on display. Sometimes he puts you in an MRI machine. Sometimes he, sometimes he puts you in a, an oncologist's office. Right? What is he doing? He's putting you on display because you're his wife. Can you just imagine what it must have been for Job? Oh Lord, I'm going to I'm going to have to be careful. I'm just I won't finish, and y'all just go eat. There ain't no finishing. That's the problem. See, he told me to. Can you just imagine what it was for Job? I mean, we think of hard times. You know, there's some pretty hard times. But, I mean, you know, when people go bankrupt. I mean, I've seen people go bankrupt. By the Lord's grace, I've never had to go bankrupt. I've got really close. 
We used to come through our through our years, and I'd have after I paid my bills, I had nine dollars to put gas in the tank. That wouldn't work today. Nine dollars to put gas in the tank and buy some hot dogs or a bag of potatoes or whatever for us to live on the rest of the week. And we made it. We did it. We ate a lot of of, of homemade fries, fried eddy fries, and and Polish sausages. They were cheap back then. You get a bag of five pound bag of potatoes that last you about all week long for a buck fifty. No wonder I put on 80 pounds when I think about it that way. <laughs> Can you imagine, though? I mean, here's Job, and, and, and Job goes through these things, and, 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 and he, he, loses, he loses all his, you know, his cows are gone, his, his camels are gone, his, his sheep are gone. He loses everything. That's, that's enough to take a family down, but, you know, it didn't just stop there, did it? <laughs> And then he lost his kids. He lost his reputation. His friends came, so-called friends came. They turned their back to him, wouldn't even talk to him for seven days. And then when they finally did start talking to him, oh, my goodness, the the vitriol, the vile that was coming out of their mouths. You're a secret sinner. We knew it all along. You could tell it was just the, the jealousy that was in them. Right? His own wife literally almost verbatim, almost verbatim quoted Satan back to Job. Satan had stood before God. And and talking about putting on display, it wasn't that Satan came up and said, Hey, there's a man down there you got a hedge built around, and I think I should be able to get to him. That ain't what he said. He comes up and and, and God just says, Oh, casually, oh, where you been? What are you doing? Have you have you considered my servant Job? And we would think, shh, 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 hush, don't do that. Don't spring my name up. But you see, God had so much confidence, so much love, that union was strong. He knew that he could trust Job. There was a union that had taken place, and he put him in the hardest of places, the hardest of conditions, amen, all at one time, because he knew what, God, what, what Job was capable of. Even when Job didn't know what he was capable of, God knew what he was capable of, Right? He knew what he had in him. Have you considered my servant Job? Ah, you won't let me at him. He's privileged. He's got privilege. He's got this. He's got a hedge built around him. He's got all the different things. And God says, okay, I'll show you. I'll take the hedge away. Have at him. And Job gets down to the place. We know the story. He gets down to the place. He's on the ash heap. He's scraping his boils and everything else. He's lost everything. He's wailing. Don't get me wrong. Job wasn't some superhuman that's sitting there saying, ah, God's got this. He's in control. That wasn't Job at all. He was human just like me and you. And literally Job's own wife turns to him and says, why don't you curse God and die? That's almost exactly what Satan told, told God. Satan looked at him and he said, if you were to take that hedge off and you let me touch him, let me get a hold of him, he'll curse you to your face. And here's his wife saying, why don't you curse God and die? Shows where her inspiration came from. That was not a godly wife being represented there. A godly wife would have been falling on her knees and praying with her husband at that time, right? Amen. But Job, but Job stood there, and that was all because God had put him on display. I preached a message one time called God's Display Case. And we think, oh, that's where you put your grandma's china. And that's where you put your, your, your great-grandmama's silverware. 
and this and that and the little knickknacks that you collect that your kids give you and everything. All these things that you want to put on display for, for whoever comes into your house that you invite in your house. You want to be able to display that and say, look... This this was special to me. This is this is not just something that's stuck back in the drawer. This is something that's special to me. Oh, you're special to him, saints. Right, and and he takes him and he puts it up there in the display case. But God's display case is not like our display case. God, you know, our display case is for the stuff that we don't want nobody to touch. God sits there and says, "Touch them, yeah. kick them, yeah. bite them, cuss them, yeah. Yeah. tear them, tear their hearts out of them." Tear their, their, everything but their soul. You just can't touch their life. You can touch their mind. You can touch their body. You can touch their spirit even. You can break their spirit even. Yes, sure. Yes. Right. But there's something inside of you that Satan can't get a hold of. Hallelujah. It's a seed of God. It was predestinated before the foundation of the world. To believe his word because God said in the beginning he created them as one. One. You were a part of him in the beginning. You were one. And if you were there in the beginning, you'll be there in the ending. Right? Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Oh, my. Husbands, love your wives. He presents it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies, that he that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Bone of his bones and flesh of his flesh. Is that right? For this call shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. I guarantee you, this is not just a church-going experience. This is not a pew-sitting experience. This is not something to where somebody just gets, oh, I've read a few books or something like that. I've got some ideas. I tell you, I think some of the hardest sermons I've ever preached was when there was this one particular individual that would come visit with his soon-to-be wife at the time. And he had, he had read, he had studied Buddhism he had studied shamanism. He had studied the Catholics. He had studied the Protestants, the Pentecostals. He had studied uh, uh, Hinduism. He had studied, I mean, the guy's smart. He's super smart. He had all these things going through his head, and Islam and all the things going through his head. And he didn't, know, he didn't believe any of it. And he'd sit there in that church, in my church, and he'd sit there and he'd listen to me preach. And I'd preach to who wouldn't have it, but it just seemed like it wasn't going nowhere. It made it so hard. Those are some of the hardest sermons I ever preached because it just, it was just, the man thought he knew enough. There was no way that you could get to the man. Because you see, he was so full of himself. There's a reason. He said, let us be living sacrifices. Oh, it's a mystery, all right. It's a great mystery. It's a mystery that Satan, with all his lies and his, his lustful spirits, is covered over and buried very well today. Amen. Right. Very well. Right. But God wants us to be one. Amen. Right. Even as we sit down here in Satan's Eden, yeah. Yeah. and we can definitely say we are the woe man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We've got a lot of woe that we go through. 
right? We've got a lot of that stuff that we have to face, fight some battles, we have to fight all these different things. Amen. That's the truth. But you've got to understand, you've got to remember, you were taken out of his side. The woman was taken out of the side of her spoken word husband. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The woman came out of the side of the spoken word son of God, the second Adam. Right? He said, it's necessary that I go. It's necessary that I do this. For if I don't go, you can't come where I am. There had to come a there had to come a separation. Even from that, there had to come a separation. The bride had to be pulled out. She came out from that riven side of Jesus Christ, and as that blood and water poured out of that precious body, there was a life given to the bride of Jesus Christ, and through that life we can find our true oneness in him. Ain't that something that had to come out of his side so that we could go back into him? What a paradox. That he'd, have to, that he'd have to go to the cross and die and go through all these things and, and literally have that life, the life. Remember, all, he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It was dwelling within him. That God seed, that God life was held within that blood cell. The life was in the blood. And it was in there. But for, but for us to truly be able to come back and be one with him, it had to be set loose. There's a saying, what, if you love something, let it go, right? If you love something, let it go. I'll pick up my little niece. You well, we got, I've got this, this gorgeous little great niece, and you just want to pick her up. And say, oh, I could just squeeze her to death. You know, she's so cute. After a while, she's going to have to get up, and she's going to have to go on her own and express who she is. And that's what God knew. He had to set you free so you could express who you are in him. He gave you the ability to express Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christ the mystery, Brother Branham said. Now you see the secret. What to? To restore fallen Eve. Sorry, brothers, I didn't get you that quote. The secret, what to? To restore fallen Eve. As she was a free figure of the church... And now notice, as God opened up the side of Adam and took out Eve by his own flesh and blood and divided his spirit from masculine and feminish to feminish, and he put it in Eve, took the rib from under his side and made Eve out of it. So God did the same thing, taking out of the sight of Christ the blood and the water, and Christ is the Word. And taking the Word and making up his church, Eve, see? Back to himself again, redeemed by the blood that was come from his body. You see it now? God's great mystery being unfolded that's been hid since the foundation of the world, but prefigured it all the way down through. Ain't that wonderful? Paul said, it's a great mystery. It's a great mystery. And here in this day, we have a prophet comes and he says, Oh, you see it now? God's great mystery being unfolded that's been hid since the foundation of the world, but prefigured all the way down through. Hallelujah! (laughs) Glory to God. The way was made through the death of Jesus. And the wife was set free. Perfect type. Perfect type. Woe, man. And it truly is. I mean, this fleshly journey that we're on, you know, we're, 
I, I love brother brother Ernie used to say. He said we're not fleshly beings having having a spiritual experience. He said, but no. He said we're spiritual beings having an earthly earthly experience, right? We're literally we're literally spiritual beings having a, 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 a an earthly experience down here in flesh. And you know what? It's not easy. Not at all. It's, it is full of woe and it's full of sorrows and it's full of heart heartaches and all these different things. To all who are dwelling in these fleshly dwelling places, it's hard. It's not exclusive to the Christians either. It's hard all over the world. It breaks your heart when you see somebody go through some of the hardest things of life and they don't know Jesus. Man, if only you know Jesus, right? I had an employer one time, first surveyor I ever worked for, and he was an alcoholic and, 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 and druggy, prescription druggy. Genius, just a genius, absolutely genius of a man. Could figure things in his mind faster than, ten times faster than I can do it on a calculator. And he would, he would, he would sit there and he would just get so strung out and everything else, and he'd cry and everything else. And he's, I don't know why. And you know, one time he actually broke down. He said, Dutch, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to do and all these things. And I said, Anthony, listen, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. I don't know the answers to all these things, but I know Jesus does. And, and Jesus Christ can fix this situation. He can break these bonds. He can break these cycles. He can do all these. You need Jesus. And he looked at me and he said, Jesus is mad at me. I said, no, he's not, Anthony. No, he's not. He says, he's not mad at me. He's not mad at you. He's calling for you to come back. He's calling for you to come back. But he never could get over that hump. He never could get over that hump. I walked in and I found him dead of an overdose. He took blood pressure medicine and a 24 case, a 24 case of these of huge beer, butt ice or whatever it was, nasty stuff. Drank himself to death with the blood pressure medicine. Stroked out right there. Four days later, you know, Brother Brown talks about those ones that, that die. And it, it hurts to say this. I'll just tell you that. But he talks about those ones that that die, but they don't have a body to go to. Remember? Remember, you've got a word body. Are you are you a Christian today? Are you a believer today? You've got a word body. If this, if, if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one waiting for us, eternal in the heavens, right? There's a sixth dimension that is full of theophanies, word bodies that are there. Amen. And if, if I was to fall over dead with a heart attack right now, and, and, and I'd, be, I'd be there, I'd go, I know my Lord. Amen. I trust Him. I believe Him. I have no doubt whatsoever that I, when I'm absent here, I'm going to be present there. I'll close my eyes here and I'll wake up over there. Hallelujah. Right? Oh, what a time that's going to be. Praise the Lord. But he said, if you don't have that, if they don't have those, those that theophany, that word body waiting for them, he said, they're, they're just kind of there many times, not all the time, but many times it's almost like limbo. They're just stuck. They, they can't go there because they don't have a body. And they, they're, they're not, it's not judgment yet. They can't go to the judgment. So they're just kind of stuck. Yep. Yeah. He said, well, well the, you think that the lost would go to hell? That is a hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's a separation, which is what death is. Death is a separation. Right. There's a natural death, and that's nothing but a separation from this earthly body. That has nothing to do with who you are. Christians do not die. (laughs) Because they cannot be separated from Christ Jesus who loves them. (laughs) Right? 
But when they go, you know, if, if they were to go on beyond that, then without that, without that love of Christ, without that assurance, without that body, and they go, he said, they're just kind of wondering. Four days after my, my boss, my friend, because we'd become close by that time, four days after that, my other bosses at the time, his wife, was walking down the road doing, you know, she was exercising. She's doing a power walk, you know. And she said, a light just, and she's, she's different. Jamie was, she's just made different. Some people are different, you know. And, and, and she said, it's just like a light, just a fuzzy something was just there. And she's like, ah, what in the world? And she said, it just hit me. It's Anthony. She said, I just knew it was Anthony. And she said, Anthony, honey, she's older than him. Anthony, honey, I'm sorry, you need, you need to go on. You're dead. You, you died. You need to go on. You need to go on. Walk towards the light. Go to the light. And she came into the office the next day, and she was telling me it's over a weekend. She told me about this, and she was so happy because she felt like she led Anthony home. And I broke down crying. I knew what it was. I knew how he went out. I knew the discussions we'd had. I knew all these things. Still hurts. You don't want that for somebody. You don't want that for somebody. And you've got that opportunity to know Jesus like nobody else has. Don't take it for granted. Love Him with everything you got. Serve Him with everything you got. Unite with Him with everything you got. Open yourself up and surrender with everything you got. Paul tells us that in this thing here we groan earnestly. Desiring to be back to that oneness. To be clothed upon. That's that oneness. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. That's, that's the oneness I'm talking about. I'm just going to stop my other 20 pages. Is it okay? I'm kidding. But that's the oneness that we're talking about this morning. To be This afternoon. To be able to so be so yielded to Him. To be so surrendered to Him. To... To, to lose everything I am. I have to lose my whole identity. I die daily. And that's a, that's a battle. But saints, it's worth it. It's worth it. To give everything you got over to this. If, if, if you've heard the Lord speaking down in your heart, if, you've, if, you've had, if He's dealt with you like that, don't take that for granted. And if, if you've walked away from him, if you've kind of pulled back, maybe you've not even walked away, you're just kind of cold a little bit. Maybe you're just a little bit, you're a little bit cold on it. Turn your, turn your heart back to him and say, Lord Jesus, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, we got to talk, right? I, I, I laughed last night. I don't mean to make a funny during all this, but I laughed, I laughed last night when all the things were going on and some of the looks is on the couple's faces and everything else and and I turned to my wife and I said what we have here is a failure to communicate (laughs) right I didn't know there was so much about my wife that I knew and I didn't know there was so much that I didn't know 
Communication is a wonderful thing. And to be able to turn to the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, we need to talk. Can I end it that way to say, you know, just don't, don't fail to talk. Don't fail to open up. Open up your heart to him today. Open up everything you are to him today. Just say, Lord Jesus, listen, I, 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 want, I want what you got for me. Amen. I, I want to lose myself. I am nothing. My identity is nothing. I am no longer Dutch Scott. I am now a child of the king. I am the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the wife of Jesus Christ. You know, it's something, and I'm, watch this, boom, it's off, I'm gone. It's, it's something that even when, when Eve was, was separated, she wasn't Eve when she was separated, she was woman. She didn't even have a name. Adam was Adam. Well, that's awful. Today's, you know, woman liberals movements and everything else today and... And, and, and whatever men and all this kind of stuff that's going on, sorry, but all whatever it is like that, they told you, know, that's, that's awful. She should have a name. She didn't have her own identity. No, exactly, she didn't. You know what her name was? Adam. Adam. <laughs> they were Adam. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and that's how it is when somebody looks at me. I don't want to say, hey, there's Dutch. No, I want to say, there's Jesus. Yes, that's Jesus. Stand with me if you would here this morning. Amen. This afternoon. There's Jesus. I want Jesus to show in my life, Brother Wade. I want Jesus to be the one that's on display. I want Jesus to be the one that's in control of my life. Amen. And when there's decisions to be made, there's lots of things that I go and I don't have to sit down and pray and say, Lord, what should I do here? Because you know what? He's put a character and a life inside of me that I'm going to, I want to do right. <laughs> but there's other things I have to get down on my knee and say, oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> Lord, help me. I need some help with this, right? If I, if I make this, this decision wantonly or whatever, it's going to be bad. But I trust Him. God loves you. And I love you. And I say, God bless you. Let the way to come back. Amen. You come on. Amen. You know, I was just reading just a little while ago, and I think I said it a couple of Sundays ago, but if you fought your sisters, your young sisters, you fight all your life to keep your virginity. You fought all your life. You fought them demons trying to make you make mistakes. But when you find Mr. Right, you give everything you got to him. And sometimes it's tough to do. So it's tough for us to find our heavenly husband and turn it everything over to him. But do that. What's our theme here for this year, last year, and this year too? Let it out. Let it out. Get it out of there. Let out everything you are and give it to Jesus Christ. Turn yourself over and lay that lay that veil over on his shoulder and be one with him. Oneness. I love that. I, the, that book, I love that book. Oneness with God. It's really neat because Brother Brown tells you. He says, you know what true oneness is? He said, it's God, you, oh my, God, and you, one. Then he also says, God, Adam, and Eve. He said, if you looked in the Garden of Eden and you looked and see somebody, three people standing there, God sees one. One person. One person standing there. You love the Lord? That was good. Yes, give him another hand. It's just a good, good weekend. Pour your heart out. If anybody has a need, I want to, um, I want the choir to come and sing uh, Dry Bones.
if you don't mind, please, come on up. Y'all should be, be seated. Brother Dutch was talking about breathing the breath of life. We're going to sing it. Amen. If you have a need, it's a good time to come when you're breathing on it. There's so much we have lost As we look down the road Where all the prodigals have walked And one by one the enemy Has whispered lies and led them off as slaves mm-hmm. But we know you are God, yours is the victory, as we know there is more to come that we may not yet see, so with the faith you've given us, we'll step into the valley unafraid, as we dry bones come alive, come alive. As we call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. About of the ashes, let us Breath of God, breathe, oh breath 
breath of God and now breathe. And so breathe the breath of God. Now breathe the breath of God. Breathe the breath of God. Now breathe. And so breathe the breath of God. Now breathe the breath of God.
You know, that's in the Bible. You know, we use that as an analogy and we have a good song. But you know what? There's going to be a group of people. There's an army rising now. That the breath of God is going to breathe through. And there's going to be dry bones. From 2,000 years ago. 3,000 years ago. You can't find them. But when that breath is breathed by the bride, by the union between bride and Christ, He's going to speak through us. And a resurrection is going to happen. You can call it a fantasy if you want to. I believe what the Bible says. That there's an army that will rise up from those dry bones. And then there'll be a breath of life put inside of them. Let's sing a song as our our brother prays for our sister.
He's your protector. As Brother Dutch said, He's your healer. He'll never turn you away. And you know what? He can't be mad at you. If He loved you before the foundation of the world, He can't change His mind. He loves you now. You just might think He doesn't because He has ways that we, we don't have. But it all works out for the good. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Oh, there is no one else like you. Amen. I don't want this. It's not a good day to end this. I wish they had service on Monday. Everybody's got to go back to work. Good to have every one of you here. Thank you all for coming, Brother Daniel and your wife. If I miss your name, I just uh, Lord bless you. Um, the group from Ohio, just part of us. So we appreciate them and, and their sacrifice for coming down and, and being with us. And, and uh, Brother Eduardo and Sister Millie, you fit right in fit right in that's uh, Brother Christian's um, stepdad and, and mother and we sure they, they sure had fun last night So and we appreciate them show the love of God this world will never see the love of God outside of me and you never will hatred, vile things go on in the world that ain't God but as Brother Dutch says you sisters why would God put you on display that you don't cut your hair, that you don't wear immodest clothes, that people can go, instead of turning and looking, oh, my God, they turn and look, oh, I see God. I mean, there's a big difference in saying, oh, my God. like, But, oh, they look just like God. They Godly, uh, there was a, a man that lived uh, close to Gillsville that he saw June one time in Walmart, and he's walking down, he looks back, and he says, I just want to shake your hand. He said, he said I don't see many godly women. So see, that's your that's you on display. That's you showing the world that there is somebody that is godly, that God can live a life through. And us being the bride, you men, you got to do the same thing too. You won't, don't be cussing, fussing, running people off the road, getting tickets. <laughs> We learn a lot when you get people come to the, to the uh, Valentine's banquet. But listen, we're all human beings, but you know what? There's one thing different between us and them is we've got God in our heart. Amen. We've got our spiritual rudder that when things go wrong and things don't go the way you think it ought to go, there's a rudder that turns you. Yes. The storms of life may want to blow you all the way across the ocean, but there's a rudder, that little bitty thing, that big ship yeah. is run by one little bitty thing that'll turn, and when it'll do, Brother John, it'll put you right in the wind. It'll put you right in the place you're supposed to be. And we, uh, we're, I believe we're in the place we're supposed to be. I believe this is, there's not, I'm not searching for nothing else. I'm not looking for another message. I'm not looking for another prophet. I'm looking for us to just finally do what the prophet said. Amen? Be what he said. That's the greatest thing is just is to be what he said. Not to sit in church and, and you know, be a message believer. But be what he said. How many times have I told you the greatest gift you could give your pastor? We give Dad many things, but I'll guarantee you that he'll tell you that if you'll just 
live what I preach. He said, that's the greatest gift you ever ever get. To live what I preach because no money can buy that. There's no dollar amount that will buy that. It comes from the heart and it's totally free. Totally free. Just accept it. You love the Lord? We're going to go eat now. Um, Like I said before, it's going to be a little crowded downstairs, but uh, let the... um, Visitors, always go first to eat if you're here as a visitor. And if you didn't bring anything, we've got some extra, so so you're okay. But let the Ohio group eat first and and then our visitors. And then if you have your own stuff, then it's okay. But let's fellowship around a natural meal downstairs where we've had a spiritual meal up here. But also give Brother Dutch a pat on the back. Amen. And tell him God bless you and thank you for pouring your heart out. And thank you for Sister April for you coming with him. And we appreciate all of them. Love them with the love of the Lord. And we uh, appreciate uh, families and everybody that was here. But let's go eat together. And listen, make sure you don't don't let your kids come up here. We're not going to be running in the church. I know it's probably raining outside, so sorry. Just do the best you can. There's a there's a place underneath here that's outside if you want to go there. But but just just worship. Amen. quietly in your human way downstairs because we just don't have enough space. But but uh, we love you with the love of the Lord. We thank you all like again for coming. Brother Aaron will be speaking for us Wednesday night, and then we will uh, have some other things coming up later on. But now we want to, uh, to go down and eat a natural meal. So let's bow our heads and go to the word of the Lord. Lord, thank you so much for this day you've given us. Father, may your blessings be upon each person that come here today. Lord, you are our husband. And Lord, may we act like the bride that we're supposed to be. Father, I pray that you'd be with the ones if they have to travel back home in all this weather. Lord, I pray that you would just be with them and guide them. Lord, the guardian angels be around them, Lord, as they drive down the road or or the, the group from Ohio flying back on Monday, Lord, we pray that you'd be with them, Father. Lord, we love you with the love of the Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for the food that you've given us downstairs, and we've absolutely been blessed now by spiritual food. So, Lord, I pray that you'd bless the natural food as we eat it. Go with us on the highways, and, Lord, I pray that you would just be with Lord Brother Dutch and, and Sister April, that you would give them, Lord, supernatural strength, Lord. And all of us, Lord, being tired and weary of different things, Lord, I pray that you would give us supernatural strength. And, Lord, as we come back together to worship you, as each one of them goes to our different places of worship, we pray that the, the Lord will just bless each congregation that's represented here, Lord, and that you'll take care of us now, we pray, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Our angel, you're dismissed. All right.